welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Red Runway, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode 42 of the PWP. You can find us on Facebook at Predwings Podcast, Twitter at Predwings Pod, Twitch and Discord Predwings Podcast, and you can always email us at Predwings Podcast at gmail.com. So, um, we have an interesting week this week, and um, uh, before we move into the show, I, I just kind of go through. Kind of before for go the uh, usual small talk part here, um, but before we move into the episode, I just want to, uh, to address a topic. Uh, I'm sure everybody is aware of this week on Monday night. Um, it not only the sports world, but pretty much the nation and maybe even the world. Um, the NFL, uh, I know this is a hockey podcast, but uh, NFL and Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field during a routine pl- uh, hit. Um, he he had gotten up, and then uh, he just like a minute later, he had uh, just collapsed, and they had to uh, revive him with CPR. Um, but I just want to take a moment. Um, he is doing better. Um, He's actually got his uh, uh, breathing tubes removed, and he's been FaceTiming his teammates. Um, but, you know, we all love sports, and we get emotional over our teams and players that are playing this game. And this incident kind of reminds us about life is, you know, how precious. And you never know when it could just be taken in, in, in the meat of, heat of the moment. Um he, um, as I mentioned, he suffered cardiac arrest. Um, well, thankfully, he was in a facility that had some great, uh, you know, f- facilities and, and medical personnel, and and also the coaches. Um, you know, his their speedy uh, uh, attendant to him. Um, so I just want I just want to say, you know, thank you to all. Not only them, but all the first responders everywhere, because they they sacrifice their life and 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 their family uh, to help others. Um, but yeah. yeah, thankfully, thankfully, Demar is uh, improving really good over the last week. Um, so um, so with that said, you know, just be kind, to everybody. You know, you never know. You know, your family, friends, are strangers, and. Because you never know when you or someone you care about could be fighting for their life like Damar. Um, so if uh, let's run yeah, and Brian have it. yeah, you hit it. I mean, the it doesn't matter what the sport is. At the end of the day, it's it's a game. Like if you really think about the game of hockey, guys are out there just beating the hell out of each other, fighting, taking pucks to the face over a literal piece of metal i mean it's it's a hunk of metal is what it really is and to me it's the most prestigious trophy i understand why they do it because i'm very competitive myself but 
like you said, it's 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 a game. These these athletes are just doing something that they love and and they're world class at. And you know, it's a market to watch these guys, but you know, when all's said, you know, done and said and they walk out of that locker room and they get in their vehicles and they're driving down the street, once they leave that arena, they're just a regular old Joe. I mean, they're they shop, they you know, they go get their hair cut, they you know, go get their car washed. They're real people. So, you know, yes, we get mad at them, but let's, uh, yeah, we can jump in. Just glad DeMar's doing good and that the uh, whole world and athletic world rallied behind him. It was it was good to see. We needed that. Uh, does uh, Brian have anything to add to this? Uh... No, you guys did it real well. Um, it was a rough night, rough week, really, but... I'm glad to hear he's doing a lot better, and hopefully he can make a full recovery. Now, you as a as a big diehard Bills fan, did it seem like more real, like not realistic, but did you think it was more than just a "Hey, we're gonna put his neck, he's gonna give the thumbs up, everything's gonna be okay"? When you saw Burrow come over and hug Allen, <clears throat> and no, I... both both quarterbacks are just in tears. I don't know if what was first, but I don't know if it was that or I saw the look on Coach McDermott's face, and I knew something wasn't up. And, well, actually, the first thing that got me think, got me wondering what was going on was there was somebody from the Bengals staff out there. I think there might have been like a water person or something. I don't know. But they were like motioning for their sideline to come out, and that doesn't usually happen. Right. Unless it's something real serious. Right. So I think that was the first thing. And then I saw McDermott's face and that put it over. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it wasn't good. And, and something else that I want to point out is the, 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 the class act that Cincinnati and Buffalo showed that night. Like, obviously there's, there's sports casters like Skip Bayless that only cares about the, outcome of the game which we obviously know has you know been canceled but to have you know you're the coach of this team and you've just watched your guy go to go down and he's dead i mean you don't do cpr in people that are alive so one of your guys one of your warriors is dead on the field the emotions i mean the emotions are already high you're playing in an nfl game and then this happens. There's just so much things going on in somebody's head. I can only imagine and how Zach Taylor was coming over, making sure McDermott and the bills are okay. Just, you know, the two teams working together and the organizations working together and nobody pushed an issue about playing or not playing. It was solely, you know, what was best for the moment. And both teams just, I thought it was a very classy on both sides. But enough yeah, about big, football. I just thought wanted to throw that in there. What were you saying, big, Buffalo? Big, big shout out to uh, Coach Taylor for uh, going over, checking with Sean. Um, Sean, or he admitted that Sean told him he would, couldn't be here. He had to be at the hospital with his player, which totally understandable. Yep. yep. And it's just yeah, because you know, there's probably coaches somewhere down the line or in the league now that could easily push that issue and was oh yeah 
you know, no, we're going to play this game. Take, you know, give it a half hour, regroup, get your guys ready, and, you know, let's go on. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good all around. I won't mention their names, though, Belichick. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I was thinking of the Cowboys coach, but I couldn't remember his name. No, he, he actually, I think he came out. He was one of the first names I heard came out. <laughs> no. Um... Or McCarthy. All right, so moving on to some hockey. Um, I guess we can start right off with the, some recaps. Um, I think I'll start with the Predators. I don't remember if I started last week or whatever, but it's been kind of a kind of a good week, actually. Um, you know, the first game against Vegas, um, just more you know overtime loss. It didn't start off good for the for the you know. Predators, you know, going to Vegas, uh, they end up losing in overtime five to four. I mean, they they were kind of fighting back and forth. Um, you know, they were they had they actually could have won that game. It was a very winnable game. Um, but then the way they lost in overtime, but then they uh, they went and played uh, returned home to play Montreal, and I was I was kind of worried about that game. Um, although Montreal has been uh, in, a, in a little bit of a funk. They lost uh, four in a row going into this game uh, in Nashville. And Montreal was actually on the their mom's trip. Um, I believe they were in uh, Washington before the Predators. And, and, and it was kind of funny. They, uh, the moms got a picture with Ovechkin. But enough of the Montreal and Washington. I just want to throw that in. Um but they, you know, Montreal, or uh, Montreal, but the Predators, uh, they actually played really good in this game. Um, despite the score being 6-3, to three, it really wasn't that close. Um, they actually had a 6-2 to two lead at one time. Um, you know, Glass gets his third on a power play tip in, um, which uh, that was actually reviewed. Um, and of course the Predators are the first ones to play Let It Be and everybody else is playing that now on their goal review um, but there was also Cody Glass's 100th NHL game so it's kind of neat that he scored a goal in his um, 100th game then the Predators scored the first goal in 17 of their last 22 so you know that I guess that that's what you want to do. You want to go out and get get the first goal to set the tone of the game. And even though they've been they've been hot lately, but they've been kind of struggling. Um, and then uh, assistance from a really nice pass from Forsberg, um, and that was that that was actually Forsberg's nineteenth assist, assistance fifth goal. That made it two to nothing, and then uh, Eckholm made it three to nothing uh, before Montreal started started their comeback. The last six games going into this Montreal game, um, they the Predators had uh, twenty two goals. Um, they're they were averaging thirty six and a half shots a game, and so they've been they've been scoring goals uh, in in their last uh, six games. But uh, Forsberg, um, he was the NHL's first star um, of the week. 
with five goals and two assists. That was that was um, that was for the week. Um, so it didn't include these games here. Um, and he also got his eighth career hat trick, um, which we talked about last last week's show. Um, and he he also got his 500th point against Vegas in the Vegas loss. And that made him the third fastest in franchise history to get 500. Um, and another side note, uh, Cole Smith, again, a scratch. Uh, so he's been a healthy scratch the last few games. So um, I know every team has a player that has to that they usually scratch uh, just because they have to have a certain amount of players. Uh, on the roster, and there's only so many on that they can have play. So there's usually one or two players anyway that are scratched, but just kind of kind of interesting why he, and before he got scratched, he wasn't playing all that bad. Um, but moving into the Carolina game, uh, that, was, that was at Carolina. Um, Carolina's been really good lately. Uh, they let's back up to the Montreal. I've missed one. Novak had scored in the Montreal game um, again. Going back to that, he was a 2015. Actually, going back to the 2015 draft picks, uh, he was part of that. Novak, he was a third round pick. Uh, Trenton uh, was a second round pick, and and then uh, Carrier was. Uh, Alexander Carrier is a defenseman. He's uh, he was a fourth round pick, all in 2015. Um, Trenton had and this is in the up until the Montreal game, he had four four points in in the last seven games. Novak had five points, uh, well six after the Montreal game in his last seven games, and then Carrier had three in the last seven. So. Pretty interesting 2015 draft. But uh, the Montreal power play was really sloppy in that game. Um, you know, they if there is one play on the power play, they, you know, like most teams, they, they just, you know, routine play, they left, they'd leave the puck behind their net and the winger or defensive would come and get it. Well, they did that and nobody came and got it. And, uh, I believe it was uh, Trenton came in and, Took the puck and he did get a shot off, but luckily the goalie was paying attention and made the save. Oh, and then, yeah, in that game, uh, the Montreal game, the Preds were two for four in the power play. Montreal was zero for four, so I mean, obviously the power play is huge. Uh, it's, I mean, fifty percent. I guess it's good. Um, it could be better, but you know, there's it's starting to click. And then on the other side, you know, I mean, I mean the Preds power killing did did the job, but. You know, maybe that's one of the reasons why Montreal's in a slump is they just their power play is really struggling. That ended up being the fifth straight loss. I guess uh, we can move on to the Washington game now. After you know the Carolina move, or Predators beat Carolina five to three. Uh, Patrick actually made his season debut um, with the Canes. Um, not that it really is really noteworthy, but I was really worried about this Washington game. Um, they came out and scored first. Um, and on Novak, uh, he continues his hot streak. He's only got four, but he's really, really getting on a, on a, on a hot streak here. And then, uh, Trenton uh, scored and then of course Washington came back and tied it up. But, um, 
Late in the third period, which is nice to see, they're about three minutes to go. Ryan McDonough, his first goal of the season, is also his first goal as a Predator. Nice goal. It looked like a Superman dive across the crease and tucked it home and uh, gives the Preds a 3-2 win. Um, so they're on a little five-game road trip here. Uh, two of them, uh, they come up with two huge wins on the road trip. And no interesting side note, um, the next home game uh, in Buff- or in Nashville is, is against Buffalo. Um and the the it's another another in, interesting thing is the Predators broadcast team is going to be broadcasting that game from the from the stands. So unfortunately, I won't be able to see it uh, because it'll be blacked out here. Uh, but it would it would have been a nice thing to see. But um, and I got another interesting um, note, side note before I wrap up my recaps. Um, Soros. Has a 9.28 save percentage since November 12th. That's second to Vasilevsky, and he's got 30 plus saves in his last five home starts, and a 900 plus save uh, percentage in his last nine starts. Um, what's what's surprisingly thing uh, surprising thing tonight uh, in the Washington game that they did come up with a win, but uh, Lincoln and played that game and they had a, it goes a back, obviously back to back Thursday night in Carolina and then Friday night in Washington but yeah it was Carolina but, they had 67 so, shots on goal so I'm just surprised that they came up with a win with Lincoln and then that wait again so that, Carolina uh, no no against Washington right. no I'm talking about Washington oh. Lincoln and played against Washington tonight and they came up with that win. I guess we can turn it over to the Wings week now, or, or the Sabres. I don't know which one of you guys want to start. Go first. Yeah, not much to talk about on the Wings front. I mean, they just, like you had mentioned, D-Law, that they have, like, you know, the Predators need to come out, strike first, get that first, um, you know, get that momentum swung in their direction early. And the Wings just cannot do that. And part of the reason is they take stupid penalties and their their penalty kill is not very good right now. So playing Ottawa, Detroit ends up winning the game. You know, that was a good win. They needed that win. It was very important for them to come out and, and get that. But the first two goals were by the Senators. So they're coming in Uh-oh. and, you know, they're just setting that tone early and it's, you know, that's an area that Detroit really struggles in is coming out. They're, they're always that team that's got to battle back in the third period, and they do. They're, they're a team that fights, which is nice. You want to see that. But you don't want to have to battle every single game from behind. It's just it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to win games that way. Um, but luckily they pulled it out. They had four, four um, unanswered goals after the first period, and, um, you know, it's nice because the young guys – Raymond Soderblom and Rasmussen netted the last three goals. So it's good to see the youth getting some action. Um, playing New, New Jersey, same exact thing. Power plays. Power plays are killing them. The Wings are not winning face-offs when they're on the penalty kill. Um, you know, they, they just can't go down a man. Like, they can't take stupid penalties because – Again, like I said, their their penalty kill is just not that strong right now. 
and their face-offs aren't strong. So as soon as they get a, you know, they're down a man in the defensive zone, you know, they're, they're, they're getting goals quickly against the wings on, you know, just simply by winning face-offs. So they dropped the first, you know, five goals and Raymond just luckily got a, you know, a power play goal when it, you know, in garbage time. So, um, just not very good effort against New Jersey. They didn't come out ready to play. They were flat. They just, they didn't look incredible to me. Um, you know, they were getting shots on goal, but just not a lot of scoring opportunities. So they're, they need to be able to get down into the dirty zones. They need to be able to get in and establish themselves in the offensive zone. And they've really struggled with that the last few games. And, and, you know, it's showing because they're just not able to put points on the board. And tonight they played Florida and it was very similar. Detroit actually played very well tonight. Um, you know, hats off to Bobrovsky. He had a phenomenal game tonight. I mean, the game realistically should have been six to two, six to three um, in favor of Detroit. He He played incredible, but the Wings had a lot more scoring opportunities tonight. What killed them was the power play. Not only the just the power play, but again, those face-offs lost in their in their defensive zone, and it just it kills them. And Perron took two terrible penalties tonight, and it just wasn't it wasn't a good look by by the Wings. It was just very sloppy, undisciplined. I think Lalonde is going to have to go back and set the message that they need to play fundamental, just basic hockey get back on some kind of a winning streak and just, you know, grow with it. Because when you're taking stupid retaliatory penalties, that's just not very disciplined. So um, bright spot of tonight's game, Robbie Fabry did come back against New Jersey. He did get a goal tonight. He had a couple of great checks. He He's showing that he missed his, his time here, and he wants to make an opportunity for himself to remain a Red Wing. I mean, there's a lot of young guys fighting for positions right now, and Fabry's coming back from an injury, he knows that he has to make, you know, make his number stand out on the ice. And I think tonight he did a phenomenal job of that. He had a couple of great setups. He scored a goal when it really counted. Um, and, you know, he was, was not afraid to, to mix it up and throw the body around. I mean, he was, he was getting ready to square up with uh, Gudis, who's, who, who's sizably different um, from, from Fabry, but, Overall, good effort, you know, a tough loss, but it was a good effort tonight, and hopefully the Wings can just, you know, get on some kind of a winning streak, win two or three games, and just, you know, get that confidence back. They really need that right now. Now turning it over to Buffalo, what do you got? We got a lot of TT this week. Lots of TT this week. TNT, sorry, TNT. What, what's his gold song? What is his gold song? Yeah. Is it that? No. It's dancing in, the, or it's fishing in the dark. I don't know if I've I ever heard that. I, maybe I should just watch one Sabres game. Much better, much better. Yeah, you Breaking should. You should, you should watch a uh, Sabres game. You'll you'll hear it once or seven times. Yeah, I know. Let's take a look here. How did we do this week? As far as I go, I did not do uh, very well on my predictions. One for three this week. But anyways, they played Boston first. I was wrong. 
They played very well. UPL played out of his mind, even though I don't like to say that. Uh, He's good. No, whatever. Yeah, you thought he was playing tonight. But anyways, Alex talked no. about two goals, including the game winner in overtime. Sabres had a 2-1 lead. Boston climbed back to make it 3-2. And <clears throat> with a goalie pulled, um, Dylan Cousins scored with less than two minutes left to tie it. Tuck had two goals, two assists. Cousins had one goal, one assist. And there you go, TNT with one goal. <clears throat> um, moving on to the Ottawa game. Once again, I predicted they would win, and I was wrong again. They lost 3-1. to Zegmas Gergensen's with the lone goal. Craig Anderson made 30 saves in his first start in like two weeks. And the game wasn't on him because he hasn't played in a long time. Middle of December was the last time he played. So I don't blame him at all. He was probably rusty being 40, 41 years old. It's probably not the easiest thing to go out after being off for so long. Very, very. And then moving on to the Washington game. The Washington game was the night after the Hamilton incident. So obviously the city of Buffalo, Sabres Nation, they were very down. So they needed something to cheer them up. So the Sabres turned the frown upside down in Buffalo. TNT, Tage Thompson with a hat trick, including the overtime game-winning goal. So, Do you have all the conspiracy stuff about that game written down? Are you saying the threes? The threes. I, yeah, I, I should have found that. Do have you some. have it? Okay. I have some. Listen to this, D-Law. Were, it was on the third. Were, yeah, listen. To- I think there were more than this, but the ones that I could remember... So the number three is DeMar Hamlin's number. Tage scored three goals. His third goal being the game winner in overtime was three minutes into the over. Or no. Three minutes left. It was either three minutes in or three minutes left. I don't remember which. <clears throat> but uh, and that it was, was his, his third, third hat trick of the season. And I think there was more, but that's all I can remember off the top of my head. It was a sign through a number. Yeah, there was like... Numerology is a wonderful thing. DeMar Hamlin played a big part in that game. Just the fact, just he lifted up the team. And the team lifted up the, the Buffalo sports fans. Um, capping off that game, Alex Tuck had a goal. And Tyson Yost with the other. <clears throat> so that was the only one I got right. I predicted that was going to be a win, and it was. And that's all uh, I got for the Sabres. Well, my predictions you know, weren't all that great either because I think I predicted uh, one win. Like I actually predicted a win against Washington, and they did. Uh, the other three, they, I predicted a loss. Yeah, I believe I, I, was, uh, I lost one because I said win against Ottawa, lose against New Jersey, and win against Florida, I believe. Yeah, and you got all of them wrong. No, I didn't. Oh, wait, they lost to Jersey, that's right. And they beat Ottawa. They beat Ottawa? I thought they lost to Ottawa. No, they beat Ottawa. Oh. Oh, um, actually, uh, speaking of Detroit, um, that one game was on TNT, I believe. Or, 
yeah, Detroit was on TNT, right? They were on TNT. Uh, did you see uh, Mr. Bissonette uh, comment about Larkin? Yeah, and I, 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 I disagree with, with I disagree with him. I, I know if I mean he's never going to listen to our podcast ever. But I know he's going to tell me, oh, I played in the NHL. Oh, I've got lots of money. Oh, I've got tons and tons of money. Um, you know, and that's that's his he, – he's the Rob Gronkowski of, of hockey. But anyways, um, and again, I never met him, not judging him, just based on my observations. But I, I disagree with this. I think he's just – he was blowing hot air because he needed something to say about something, and that was the first thing he could think of. And correct me if I'm wrong, D-Law, but his comment was somewhere along the lines of, you know, if, you know, Larkin wouldn't be, what did he say, something about his being a captain or first line? I don't even remember what he said. He said he would, he would be a second-line player on a cup team. And I don't think he's necessarily wrong, but you also don't have a cup team surrounding him. So you don't know what his potential might be on a cup team. You have no idea. I mean, if you put him between Stamkos and Kucherov, I mean, he's probably going to produce a lot more than he does now. And he was also saying that they should trade him because we all know that his contract is up at the end of the year, and he was saying they should trade him. And I don't know where he – I think he's just trying to stir up controversy or something he he might be Uh, i mean i'm going to disagree with that as well and you know i'm not involved in the nhl as deep as he obviously is connected but if you trade larkin what what are you gaining you might get a couple of good secondary scorers like some more cops or, or perons who might come out on the team um, you know, guys that are, you know, should be coming over, you know, we're trying to, we've got youth and we need a guy like Larkin on the team who's been through the good, the bad, and, you know, the rebuilding to lead you get your young guys. And I think, I mean, I'm not in the locker room, so maybe he's not a good locker room guy. I don't know, but I know that he's, you know, the guys seem to respect him. And I think he's a great voice for the young guys that we have coming up. Because think about it, who who's who's next to be the captain on the team? I mean, who who do you replace him with? If you trade your captain away, who who's the next captain of the Red Wings? Uh, I don't I don't really know of any right now. That's I mean, what I mean. You, you've got, you've got no no of- nobody's really stepped up. I mean, because I mean they have they obviously have Larkin right now. Yeah, but you you got to think, Dela. I mean, you got to think. Who would they make it? You've got a couple of loner guys in Peron and Cop, and you know those guys are. I don't want to say loners, but they're on the the tail end of their careers. You know, Cop not so much, but Peron. So I mean, yeah, you could slap it on them for a year, but what are you what are you gaining? Cider's too young, in my opinion. I mean, maybe he'd be a great captain. I'm again, I'm not in the locker room. I'm just thinking from what you typically see. I mean, young guys don't usually come into the NHL and and put the C on their their sweater. I mean, then, 
and it seems like Detroit had built around Larkin, you know, going back two, three years. They, they seems like they built a team around him. So that that would just be that really stupid. I, I don't know. I, I don't even. That's not even an option as far as trading them. I don't even think that's come across their minds. I, other than business, well, I mean, it would have to. I mean, that's it, definitely a thought that has to happen. I mean, Iserman. I wouldn't be surprised if he put feelers out there in the NHL. Like, what would you give me for Larkin? You know, he would probably look at a few teams that he has that he knows has good draft capital or has a couple of young players that maybe are developing ahead of schedule that he might want to grab. Um, plus a couple of draft picks. I mean, you're going to get a lot for a guy like Larkin. He's not young. He's not old. He's still putting up, you know, respectable numbers, not amazing, not incredible, but respectable on a team that's not, uh, you know, that's not an incredible team. You know, Detroit is not Boston. Detroit is not Washington. Detroit is not Tampa Bay. Detroit is slowly growing into those teams, but they're not there yet. So, I mean, again, you're in the middle of a rebuild. You know, in my opinion, the worst thing to do is get rid of your, your young captain. Because he's a guy that's building rapport with these players. He's a guy that, that that these young kids are, you know, gravitating to for leadership and guidance. And they're around the same age. And, you know, and, and like I said, there's just nobody else to go. I mean, you're either going on the one side of the spectrum or you've got loners or guys that have been in the organization for, you know, less than a year. And then on the other end, you've got guys that have been in the NHL a year or less. So, I mean, there's really no good candidate. I mean, I just don't know why that thought would even cross his mind, but who knows? But yeah, I, I disagree with that. I just, I don't think it's a good spot in the rebuild for the Red Wings to, to dish off Larkin. They'd have to get a lot in return. Yeah, and actually, I just saw um, the... Um... You know, it's getting towards the you know towards the half the season, and they announced um, some all-star rosters. And I guess if, uh, voting has started. I'm not sure how that works. Um, how they can uh, have a roster of a team, but They're but still, still doing vote. That whole thing. Um, I, I don't know, but they but they announced uh, the rosters. So uh, the Metropolitan Division, you got Crosby. Uh, that'll be his fifth appearance. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, why, I don't know, because he hasn't really done anything, I don't think. Uh, Kevin Hayes, that's that's going to be his first. Uh, Jack Hughes, uh, his second. Brock Nelson, that'll be his first. And Alex Ovechkin, I mean, obviously, he's a lock the season he's having. Uh, Andre Svechnikov, that'll be his first appearance. And then uh, the goaltender from the Rangers, Igor Shosturkin, that'll be his first. Uh, the Atlantic Division, you got Nikita Kucherov. You got Dylan Larkin, his third appearance. Marner, his second. Uh... Nick Suzuki and Tage Thompson, obviously, uh, he was a, had to, had to been a lock. Um, that that's his first, and then you got Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Uh, you know, brothers playing in the same 
Um, although I think they they must have before. They're both having pretty good years, though. Um, Breeze third appearance, and and Matthew Kachuk second, and then Linus Olmark. Uh, he's uh, for Boston. That's his first appearance, and then in the Central oh Division, incredible. And then in the Central Division, you got Kaprizov, his second. Uh, Keller, Clayton Keller from Arizona. Uh, Jason Robertson, that's his first, and I'm kind of surprised at that because he's been pretty good for the last two or three years. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, Seth Jones, Cal McCarr, Josh Morrissey, and kind of a surprise, UC Saros. That would be his second approach. Not sure why he, um, all the goaltenders in the subdivision, um, not sure why he was <laughs> picked in there. Uh, Pacific Division, Maddie Beneers, Kevin Fiella, that's his first. Um, it's also Maddie Beneers' first. Actually, he's a rookie, isn't he? Uh, Kadri. He is. Um, and surprisingly, that's only Kadri's second appearance. Um, then you got Connor McDavid, Elias Pedersen, and Troy Terry, Eric Carlson, and their goaltender from Vegas, his first appearance, Logan Thompson. Um, now, I think uh, Brian said he had a little rant on this. I sure do. Obviously, you guys haven't voted yet, so you will you might be on the same page as me, but voting is incredibly not easy. But luckily, I figured it out, but they don't make the voting for the faint of heart. You really got to swipe this, swipe right, swipe up, swipe down. It's a pain. So I only voted for my guys and... No one else gets my vote. Yeah, I just, I, I kind of got off the whole vote train back when that dude, I forget what year it was. He was a guy. John that, Scott. I, no, not John Scott. I actually kind of like John Scott. There was before that, there was this guy he played. He was like the only hockey player in the NHL from this town or this country, this very small country. So everybody in the country. Gergensen's? Voted. Is that who it was? It might be. He got an all-star game a couple long time ago. From but the Sabres. But everybody from this country would vote for him every like every few days. Like the country would just made it. I don't know. I don't want to say they mandated it, but they were all rallying behind him. And he won the vote because he had an entire country voting for him. And it's like the guy played, you know, he wasn't wasn't all-star caliber i don't know what his stats are so i'm not going to say he didn't deserve it i'm not going to say he wasn't great but i just remember there was a lot of controversy behind it because it was just you know it wasn't just like friends and family and like distant relatives like hey jump on and do this you're talking about an entire country and so that was the only reason he was able to get in was because of that it wasn't his skill so it was kind of I don't know. That that kind of turned me off a little bit with the whole voting thing. As long as we're going on some rants here. Um, first of all, um, actually, I think I might have a couple rants on the Winter Classic. Uh, first of all, I mean, we all know it's overdone. Um, but it's always on January 1st. Now, I was like, January 1st was a Sunday, and I'm like, okay, where's the Winter Classic? Why is it not on? Well, apparently the Winter Classic was on January 2nd, which was a Monday. 
in the afternoon. It's like, why is the Winter Classic on January 2nd on a Monday when you know, most people are obviously you're probably back to work. I mean, obviously some people were headed off. But the Winter Classic has always been on January 1st. No matter what day of the week it is. And this year it happened to be on a Sunday, which would be a great time, great, perfect time to be to, to play that, you know, in the Sunday afternoon. See, but I will say this. I'm going to interrupt you really quick because I think that hockey doesn't want to necessarily interfere with the NFL. I mean, the NFL is the bigger market. So you're going to take sports fans and more of them will opt to watch football than hockey. And you don't want your big one of your biggest games of the year to be a flop. Yeah, but I don't know if they really were would be competing because there's a lot of if, if hockey fans that don't like football, or there's football fans that won't don't usually watch football anyway. I mean, obviously you're so going to have the Penguins, either, be, right? Obviously, you're going to have – it was in Boston, Boston, Pittsburgh. But, I mean, obviously, you know, you got – fans are obviously going to like both both football and, and hockey, but I, I don't know. I just – Like, it, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. When – if the Red Wings played at the exact same time as the Lions, then I probably wouldn't watch the Red Wings right now. Because their games are irrelevant. So, the Penguins, you know, Pittsburgh is playing for the playoffs right now. Well, the... So, why... Well, the Pittsburgh is a Steelers town anyway. I would say Detroit is more of a Red Wings town. Well, well just still, but it, the, the, Red Wings, but the Red Wings aren't in the, the Winter Classic. Pittsburgh is. So now, like I said, you've got people, you'd be forcing people to make a decision. Do I watch the Steelers game, which is meaningful football? I mean, they have to win in order to keep their playoff odds, you know, high. But that game was watch the Penguins just play a hockey game that means nothing outside. But the Steelers were actually a night game. They actually played at 8. 20 that, that night. So they could have watched the Penguins in the afternoon and Steelers at night, which would have been great, you know, for Pittsburgh because you got, to see, you know, it'd be a big double header kind of day for them. Um, but also, apparently, the, this Winter Classic was the most watched regular season game on cable TV of all time. Well, I mean, that's kind of stretching it. I mean, on cable TV, it didn't, it didn't say most watched, it was most watched regular season game, game on cable TV, but I don't know. It had to have been the bot. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know how they came up with that because, I mean, obviously you got Boston and Pittsburgh, but there's no way. What other sport was going on on Tuesday afternoon or Monday? Well, Monday. Well, when the, people were off. But then again, well, were, were, was everybody off? I mean, a lot of people. I didn't watch it, um, but I'm just wondering. I didn't watch it. Did you guys watch it? I didn't. I didn't see it. Nope. I refuse to watch it until they give the Sabers a home game again. Well, they only had one, so I, I don't, had two. I don't. 
but, one of them was in Toronto versus Toronto, but it was a home game. Oh, okay, go figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> I don't understand how that can be a home game when they're playing no, Toronto sorry, in Toronto. I, I but... That was a Heritage Classic. They had oh, one that oh, was a home geez. game in New York in Yankee Stadium versus the Rangers, and it was a Buffalo Sabres home game. Wait a minute. In New York City? In Yankee okay, Stadium, it was a Buffalo Sabres home game. Yes. Versus the New yeah. York Okay, that, what, is that Batman for you? I don't know, but in any case... Um, I he doesn't realize what New York State really is. Yeah, I don't There's think they know. just that little tiny yeah. turd thing that hangs off the back end. Buffalo is where it started. <laughs> Give them their freaking game back. I know that's. I mean, it, it started. They started that, and you know that was actually it was supposed to be like a one-off thing. But then the angel saw them with dollar signs, and now it's overplayed. So, anyway, moving on. Um, I do want to say I want to say this um, real quick and update with with Verana. Um, I still don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm. It's really hard to tell without being in. Steve Eiserman's head because they they traded away Mantha, who I knew was going to be trade bait. They, you know, they were able to get to land um, Verana. Verana showed a lot of promise, had a couple of injuries that he had to deal with, and he was really looking to have a breakout season this year. And Osgood even said, he goes, if Verana can stay healthy, I would look to see him put up, you know, 50 goals. I mean, the, the kid has potential to score goals. And then he goes into the player development. Or, I'm sorry, the player, uh, what is it? I don't think it was substance abuse. What do they call it? It's got a name. I forget what it is. But he enters the program to deal with whatever, you know, issues he has going on. So I'll give him respect for that. He comes back and he gets put on waivers. So you have a guy who people had put him as putting 50 goals up now is on waivers and he bounces down to Grand Rapids. So he's down in Grand Rapids right now. He had an assist tonight. Yeah, I was just going to say he had an assist. and uh, But, I mean, he's playing with Ned. Ned also yeah. was the first star of his game, too, in the 3-1 to one win they had the other night. But anyway. Um, they are, And, I um, mean, I not Nah, no, nah, not to jump ship, but they did win. They they won four to two, uh, uh, as well. Um, but yeah, but what I what I mean is is that, um, you know, so he cleared waivers and went down there. So I want to know. I don't. I I do want to know. I, I'm a nosy person. I want to know why he went out. Um, you know, it is private. It's his business. But I want to. You know, I, I guess I'm just wondering if it's worse than we all think. And I say what I mean by that is, you know, is it because obviously nobody picked him up. Nobody claimed him. He cleared waivers. But you've got a guy. That, now, if he was just a drinker and he stopped drinking and, you know, maybe he's going to play a little bit better. I mean, who knows? Like, he turned his life around. 
So there's obviously some kind of a question mark that Stevie still has about Verona, and I just don't know what that is. Because I had actually read that there was a link to Verona being picked up by, by Buffalo, and obviously that didn't happen. Well, they like those uh, troubled people. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Moving on. But I just don't know. I just, yeah, I just, I, I just wasn't sure what his deal is. But, but he's in Grand Rapids. You know, maybe he'll rehab and come back up because it could. Maybe it was just one of those Eiserman specials, like uh, Scotty Bowman gave him. Scotty Bowman actually told Steve Eiserman that he was going to be traded to Buffalo. Back when Buffalo oh. was not very good and Detroit was not very good. Why's he got to lie? Yeah, and he's like, we're in talks with Buffalo. You're probably going to be moved by the end of the week. Darn. So he went out and he played his ass off. And obviously the rest is history with Steve Eiserman. So maybe it was just a scare tactic with Verona. Who knows? You never, I just feel like you never know. They probably told yeah. him he was getting traded to Buffalo. Oh, but if, yeah. Pack my bags. He probably would have been all ready to jump to first flight. But um, I don't know if you saw this video. I just put in there yesterday or today, but um, actually, I think it was this morning. Uh, and I think uh, you saw something like this last season you're talking about or sometime. But anyway, um, apparently the puck hit the ref. This is like the... Vancouver Canucks and Colorado Avalanche game. Uh, so the puck hit the ref, and then the Canucks end up scoring. And then Cagliano must have said something to the ref, and they gave him an unsportsmanlike kind of. It was just a ten minute. It wasn't a penalty. It was just a ten minute uh, un- un- unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, so I didn't know, you know, if you wanted. Discuss that. I don't. I mean, it's just you know the rest. The rest are part of the game. I mean, yeah, the Bucks. You know, they they try to get out of the way um, as much as they can, but you know they're part of the game, and the pucks pucks do hit. You know, they hit other players. They so they're obviously going to hit the rest. So you just gotta, you know, you, you as much as you hate it, it's called you, an unlucky bounce. Some teams get them, some teams don't get them, and it happens all the time. And you know, I don't know. You know, I, I guess in the heat of the moment, I don't know what he, what Cagliano said, but you know, you, you gotta you gotta keep in check. Um, I know. You know, if they, we were talking about Larkin earlier, you know, Larkin would never have done that. He just he might he might have gave him a little kind of a joke comment but he oh, you know no, he, he wouldn't he have said something he would have given it to him but obviously maybe not but he would have done it he would have done it in a manner that the ref wouldn't have given him a penalty yeah i don't know i mean it's it's hard to say because you're not in the heat of the moment i i don't know i didn't see what time in the period that was but i mean it would just depend. i mean if there's a lot on the line momentum you know, it just kind of those types of bounces really stink. You know, when you hit, you know, like some of these goalies when they get scored on from center ice because they're standing there waiting for the puck to come down and it just hits a little groove in the ice that makes the puck 
take that wobbly bounce and it just bounces over a stick. You know, it's just it's those freaky, unlucky plays in hockey that happen and you just don't want to be on the receiving end of it. But unfortunately, they were so. And speaking of refs getting hit, I'm going to start with this. So watching the Wings game tonight, this ref took one right to the family jewels. You moron. And he just drops like a sack of potatoes. So sitting here watching this, like nobody knew at first what had happened. So he takes a shot and he's just down. Like he's holding his face. And it's funny you say that. It's funny that you just played that. Because after they slowed it down and played the replay, Mickey Redmond looks over. He had said, you know, it's like he's he's going into a tenor and he did this like high pitched thing like you just did oh! that one but he took yeah the, the ref took it right right to the family jewels but he you know after a minute shook it up and, got up and, and kept going um but keeping on this topic of family jewels how about poor blake wheeler now somebody's got tourette's on this show and it's certainly not me but blake wheeler Played an entire game against Tampa Bay with a ruptured testicle. Now, somebody, one of you two, tell me that's that's fake news, Ron. Fake. That's got that's got to hurt like hell. I mean, that's got to be the worst pain I think a guy could ever go through. I think that that almost sounds like childbirth to me. No offense to the women out there. I know that's I, I've got kids of my own. I get it, but that sounds like the equivalent version of a male giving birth is rupturing your testicle and he played a hockey game through that that to me is just like he he deserves like an iron man award like there should be something in that locker room like he should get a statue for this because that's that's dedication but we'll get off the uh the train here and i know we're all nuts about this topic but We'll keep we'll keep going. And and well, I don't I know we don't really want to talk about you know this is mainly NHL and NHL, but um, I don't want to go too much into the World Juniors. Um, but uh, Team USA was playing Canada the other day, and I guess um, they really didn't want USA to win. Um, I think they don't want, you know, they want Canada to get the gold. I think they, you know, I, I don't want to, it, I wonder, I'm almost wondering if it's kind of fixed. Um, but Team team USA had not one, but two goals called back for goaltender interference. Uh, one was definitely not interference. Um, the, I don't know if you saw the video, I did, I did post a video um it actually came from twitter um but the guy he didn't even touch the goalie he was on the crease but he didn't even touch the goalie and somehow they called they reviewed it and somehow they called it goaltender interference the second one it probably i mean it was it was another he he did kind of touch him i mean he didn't run over him but i just wondering you know I'm wondering if, you know, to call two goals back like that, just, 
you know, because it, it was it was a key moment, and you know, I'm not saying USA would have won the game, but it was it would they would have think one on one they actually gave them a lead. Now here's my but I don't you, I don't watch think that they video, won. Watch that video again. Who actually called the no goal? Because the ref who was on top of the goal crease, he called it a goal. So if you watch that video, because, yeah, there's there's no goaltender interference. And the ref behind the net who was on the goal crease pointed that it was a goal. And I don't have a long enough video here to see who called it off. But I'd be interested to see which official waved that off for goaltender. Well, the one ref near the net was definitely calling. He called it a goal. And um, now this I is my know. fault. I've been busy. I did not watch any of the World Junior Championship. Can you challenge in this tournament? I don't believe you can. Um, I think the only challenges are, I don't even think AHL can. Um, but there is, I don't believe there is any challenges of any time, even in college. So then that particular goal would have had to have been waved off at the ice level. Yeah, uh, yeah, but they reviewed it. So I'm thinking it, they probably, uh, the, the the officials upstairs probably, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Um, but yeah, that actually, that game, that goal actually would have tied the game. Yeah, 3-3. Three, three. So I, I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, I guess I'm kind of partial to Team USA, but I mean, the hockey world makes more money if the, yeah. if the money stays in Canada for the trophies. That and then you got Connor Bedard, who's just—I mean, he's just lighting it up anyway. But he's, he's like the next—he's the next McDavid and Matthews and those types of generational players. He's—he's he's the next one to come out. And they took the bronze. You know that's respectable. It was a big tournament. Um, so we still have, you know, I'm still going to give credit to Canada for, for winning the gold. They went out there, they busted their butts. They played hard hockey. They, they won. Uh, they took home the gold. Um, who is it? Czechia. Is that how you say it? Czechia. I think they got the, the silver and then. Oh, Czech Republic. Or is that new? Oh, I I have no idea. The way everyone's taking each other over these days. I don't know who's won anymore. Well, but isn't the bronze like a tie? <laughs> Wait, was it a tie? I don't. I didn't no, read that it was uh, a tie. No, I just no. I that I I thought maybe you read into it. You know, like a tie when you're playing a tie is like kissing your sister. Not that I know, but no, that's what I just heard in 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 the hockey war. You know, it's like oh, I got another tie. It's like, but it's like yes. Yeah, so oh, tie is like kissing a sister. What the yeah, hell? Nobody wants to. So is, so is that what is the bronze like that? You don't want the bronze? It's third place. I don't, you don't want. I wouldn't. You know, hey, I will not mind a tie. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get ties in NHL anymore. But it's not you know, a tie. Playing, third place. I know, but I'm just saying. No, no. He Ron just said uh, nobody likes ties and nobody wants ties. Well, hey, in beer league, I'll take a tie all day long. Yeah, it sucks. Okay, better, better, well, I've got enough. Of, I got enough of them. <laughs> um, I can't think about a tie, but that's okay. We'll roll. We're, we're gonna roll with it. 
you just uh, you just meant you just said nobody likes ties. Oh, in any case, uh, what's the next? I might have misspoke. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) all right, all right. So moving on to the next topic. You set us up and let us down. Well, I thought you had something. Oh, so now you're calling me out. (laughs) But how was your key? You moron. Want to move on to rookie stats? Yeah, let's go on to rookie stats. You got it. Or you want me to do it? No, go for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. So, Matty Berniers stays on top. He's now at twenty-eight points. <clears throat> Matthias Maselli, twenty-two, still in second. Uh, we have a new third place person. Oh, Mason McTavish moved up to third place with 22. Well, actually tied for second. Cole Perfetti's down in fourth place now. Kalen Addison in fifth place with 19. Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, Shane Pinto, and Wyatt Johnson tied for six. And Ken Johnson, Kenton Johnson has 16 in tenth place. Pretty much the only real mover was McTavish. He had, well, he only got two points this week, but that that's a pretty solid rookie class. <clears throat> that's a very good, very solid. That's a, yeah, that's a good rookie class, especially when you have a goalie in there. That's that's always impressive to me, just because they have that that longer duration to get up to speed with what's going on. So seeing seeing goalies in that list is just it's, it's interesting. Maybe I need to follow hockey closer, but it's the first time I've seen it since I've really been focusing on it. Sabres have three players on the list between points and the assist column. Owen Power is sixth place in assists with 13 assists. J.J. Paterka has seven goals. Jack Quinn has six. So, you know, the Sabres are well represented in this top ten list. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's good stuff. And and I've said it since we started this podcast that Buffalo was my team to watch in the, in the upcoming years. And, you know, it's all coming full circle. Like, I'm not saying I'm Nostradamus or anything like that, but I'm saying that the Sabres have been making moves and they've got lines that are clicking and it's just, it's working out. They finally got the secret sauce to the rebuild and it's just going to make hockey exciting again in this area. So I'm okay with it. I don't mind the Sabres. Obviously if they play the Red Wings, I, well, it doesn't matter. They've got the Red Wings number this year, so it doesn't matter if they play the Red Wings, but you know, I, I don't mind the Sabres. I, I could, rally behind them if they go deeper into the postseason or make it at all in comparison to the Red Wings. They're a team I can get behind. I don't know about D-Law. I think he'd be sour grapes. Would you pull for – Dan, would you pull for the um, the Sabres if, if the Predators are not going to be in the playoffs? I don't know. It depends on who they play. Well, what does it matter? It depends on what team they're playing. Who would you root for them against? Colorado, Chicago, Dallas. I don't know. I, I just started hating Dallas over the last three, four years. Okay. 
So as long as we're talking about Buffalo and his, the rookies, um, let's go right into the hideout. Yuri Kulich and Isaac Rosen, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, I know I did, are coming back for the Amherst to the from the World Juniors. <clears throat> they had a good tournament. Rosen had four goals, two assists for six points, and Kulik had seven goals, including a hat trick and two assists for nine points, and he got a silver medal. <clears throat> um, moving on to the Sabres, talked earlier a little bit about the All-Star game. Tage Thompson, TNT, was voted to his first All-Star game. Um, this is where I need you listeners and Rant and Ron and D-Law. I need your help. I need you to get out there and vote for Skinner, Tuck, and Ander, uh, Anderson. Uh-oh. Okay. We need to get them into the All-Star game as well. Especially Skinner and Tuck, seeing as how they're mostly the reason why TNT's in there. And Saros, as long as you're at it. No, I I do not approve of that. But anyways. Well, he he said this is Ryan's hideout. This isn't Dan's hideout. Okay, I don't approve of your goaltender. But anyways, he closed the door. I don't even know. uh, Yeah, thank you. I don't even know what you're talking about. Moving on to the Tuck versus Eichel watch. Breaking news: Jack Eichel came back and lit the lamp. So now in 28 games, Jack has 14 goals, 18 assists. For 32 points. But look at that. Alex Tuck has more of everything. 18 goals, 24 assists, and 42 points, which is 10 more in eight more games, 36 games total. So Jack's climbing up the ladder, but hopefully Tuck can stay on top. And that's all I got for this week. And before we move into the Admirals update, um, Saros set a Predators franchise record with 64 saves in a 5-3 win against Carolina. So, but anyway, uh, moving on to the Admirals. Uh, they ended up uh, last weekend, well, I mentioned uh, last show that they had beat the Griffins 3 to nothing. That was a Friday night. But they, uh, so they swept the back-to-back uh, home-and-home with the Great Rapids uh, in a 4-2 win. On Saturday, the 31st, which is New Year's Eve. And then they uh, they lost. And they had a whole week off, obviously, because each usually only plays on weekends. Uh, they lost to San Diego 5 to nothing. So it ended their little win streak. Um, and then they got San Diego again. This, that was at... Uh, at Milwaukee, so they got they get them again tomorrow night, Saturday the seventh. Uh, so maybe they can at least score a goal there, and then they move to uh, then they go over to out to Arizona. No, they don't play the Arizona, although they probably have more fans. They go to Tucson. Um, they, I don't know how many how many fans they have in two or how many how many they have uh, hold that stadium holds. If it's even probably more than Arizona does, but so that's it with the uh, Admirals update. 
Yeah, Griffins are just they're playing better with a couple of guys down there, but they're still bottom dwellers, so not much on And how about That's the goal song, but I'll take it. The Amherst had a uh, good thing going. And then Eric Comrie got healthy and the Sabres sent him down and ruined it. But anyways, 34 saves and a 3-2 win over Toronto last weekend on Saturday, I believe it was, for Eric Comrie. Rusick, Weisbach, and Mersch had the goals. <clears throat> and like I said, and like I was just saying, the Amherst had a six-game winning streak going until Wednesday night. Just like that, Eric Comrie ruined the win streak, getting blown out 5-1 to one on Wednesday. I'm not going to say all five was his fault. I mean, he did get pulled, and they scored empty netters. So. Four of them was his fault, and the fifth one was also his fault. And then tonight, for the second straight game, they lose 3-2 after going up one nothing in the game. A decent first period. I think it was 0-0 going into intermission. And then second period, I think we had a one nothing lead. And then third period, they collapsed. Um, they played Tonight they played the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And they, they ghosted us for sure. It was not a good night in Rochester. Yeah, I was there Wednesday. I was trying to rattle Mad Sogard um, from Belleville, but... You know, he's going to be, I know it's an Amherst talk, but I, I think he's going to be a pretty good goalie. He's very well-reviewed, and, you know, he kept them in, he kept them in the game Wednesday. He didn't look that good in that game. They, they played the Senators. It was a Friday night. I don't remember when it was, a week or two ago. Seems like they always play the Senators. They play them like 20 times, I think, don't they? They play them quite a I think they actually play them. Like seventy five percent of their games are against the Senators. If I read the schedule right, that's a division thing. Yeah, so like the next three weeks, they're only playing the Senators. Well, they used to be Binghamton, so oh maybe. Uh, so I guess that leads us into some previews for uh, next week. Um, the Predators are continuing their road, their five-game road trip. Uh, they're going to Canada right now. Uh, they're heading off to Ottawa, and then they got Toronto, and then they see Montreal again. Uh, their second time this season, and it's almost like a week, week, uh, almost a week uh, from the last from the last time they played them. So, um, let's see, Ottawa. Uh, Toronto and Montreal. I think they're gonna. I, I think they're gonna beat Ottawa. Uh, they'll lose to Toronto, and I think they're gonna lose to Montreal. In in well, actually, you know what? I think they'll be they'll beat Montreal because Mont unless Montreal can figure out a way to, you know, end this losing streak. But even if the, the, they'll probably they probably will win at least a game or two before uh, the twelfth. So. Um, I, I still think the Preds can find a way, especially since the Preds are playing uh, 
pretty good as of late. Yeah, the Wings they're they're gonna they've got a back to back tomorrow against Toronto, uh, which is interesting because they're they've got Toronto, then Winnipeg in, in Detroit, and then Toronto back in Detroit. So I'm kind of hoping for a little old school Detroit Toronto rivalry. You know, get get some things stirred up on tomorrow, and then maybe have it boil over on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think Detroit's probably going to continue to skid in Toronto. Um, you know, and I'm going to say they're going to win the next two. I think they're going to beat Winnipeg and rally into back to uh, little Caesars on Thursday against Toronto. I think they can win that game too. Toronto's hot right now. So I'm kind of shooting off the hip, but I just, I kind of feel like Detroit, Detroit and Toronto play each other tough and I, think Detroit might be able to squeak one of those out and I'm thinking it'll be the one at home so that's who uh, Detroit's sitting for this week. Moving on to the Sabres they have a busy, busy week homestand I've got games the next four days three of them Sabres games Uh, they have the Wild coming into Buffalo tomorrow at 7 I'm going to call that a win. They have the Flyers coming in on Monday 7 p.m. These are all 7 p.m. games. I'm going to call that a win because it's a flyer. Bunch of jerks. They're a bunch of jerks. Uh, then you got the Kraken. They're getting released on uh, Tuesday. And then they're going to release the Kraken on the Sabres, and Sabres are going to lose. They haven't played the Kraken very well since the team has came into the league. So I think that'll continue. And then on Thursday... The Winnipeg Jets come to town. Jets are playing pretty well, so I think they'll lose that one as well. well maybe we Moving on, we have a... Oh, I hope so. I have a, a quick GCHL update. Um, some exciting news for the Buffalo Sabres team that I am the owner GM of. Patrick, <gasps> Kane has, Patrick Kane has come home to Buffalo. I have made my dream come true. You made it work. I had to trade away Rasmus Dahlin, but it was a risk worth taking to get Patrick Kane home where he belongs. No, what is the stats like in the game? We're not. Yeah, gonna I mean, as far as the stats, the stats don't matter. He's home. That's all that matters. Yeah. Well, are you gonna just what, retire him and go uh, redraft some players? No, no, no. We're gonna play him out for the year and a half, and hopefully, I can. Start winning some games here soon. Not been doing very well since I took over the team, but got to put well, my uh, footprint on that. I don't know that, how to check my team. And then no, the uh, Oshawa Generals are pretty red hot. When me and Ron had even touched their lineups, so we're not going to. No, I if it's <laughs> why, working, why, why fix it? Yeah, why fix something? It was not broke. That's right. At least until I, I started. Lo- I think we're just two and zero. Oh. I haven't seen. Uh, I was kind of looking for a game, and I haven't seen anything. So I have to look at the schedule if I can find it. Uh, they kind of screwed up all the things here, and I can't even see the schedule. So I can see the schedule for the uh, Predators, but I don't see schedule for the uh, Juniors. So I don't know. So that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, see, I wish it was set up a little bit differently. Now, are you still in here on Nashville, D-Law? 
Yeah, but I haven't really been paying attention to him lately. Cause you gotta I, fill out I, your training block card. Uh, I don't I think do. I can. I don't think I can train anybody. I have to do a training block, do we? Did you do that? No, not yet. It's been a rough week for me with all the Buffalo stuff going on. I think that about wraps oh. it up, right, D-Law? Right, Buffalo? That's all I got. Yep. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Pred Wings Podcast on Facebook, Twitch, Discord, uh, Twitter. We're at Pred Wings Pod. Pred Wings Podcast at gmail.com. So we're still looking to get some listeners. Come join us live. You can uh, follow us on links on all those Discord podcasts. Um, I think we're still working on Twitch. Um, but another episode is in the books. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. Bye-bye. See ya, Smashville. <laughs>